Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, huh, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 156th episode, 18 ways to become the spiritual leader in your home for respect, devotion, love, and trust. Plus, live calls from you answer your marriage and crisis questions. So call from your browser at callingstudio.com slash radical one for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so we begin as we always do with a quote. Quote, Christian soldier, the spiritual battle is upon you. No longer can you remain aloof. You are made for combat, made to fight the inner spiritual battle against evil daily. The time has come to be a man of courage, to don your armor, pick up your shield, unsheathe your sword in preparation of the upcoming physical battle. And for whom do you battle? The battle for Christ, the battle for your marriage, the battle for your family. And if you have anything left, the battle for your very soul, end quote, Catholic Alpha. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, so we are back. Hey, 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 and it's time to get to rocking. So, Again, we're here today to talk about becoming the spiritual leader in your home, why it's important, um, and it's one of the greatest ways to help you get respect, devotion, trust, and love from your wife and from your children. Okay, so you you have you know you you, you got to be about it. You just can't talk about it. You got to be about it, um, and that's where it comes. No longer can we say "Do as I like." Yeah, do as I say. Uh, but don't do as I do or something like that. Yeah, something like that. That uh, That's not today's society. And it never, that never really did hold water anyway. But in today's society, it's even it's even worse where children are completely disrespectful. Um, and they learn that in public schools. 
to me, a, a public school is not to me. A public school is any school other than homeschooling. Okay. Don't get twisted. I don't care how much money you've got in sending your kids to all these great so-called great uh, you know, schools that teach them all this stuff. But what your kids are really learning in these schools, man, I don't care what school they go to, a city school, a township school, uh, a, a, a privileged school, doesn't matter. You know what they're learning? The number one thing they're learning is what? To disrespect you. The fourth commandment. I'm sorry. That's, that's the truth, man. You know what? I did an experiment. It wasn't meant to be an experiment, but it was just an experiment. It just kind of happened in our life. My first three kids, I sent them to, we sent them to private school. We sent them to well, one of the best, the, you know, some of the best public schools. Town, in, in Indianapolis, we call them township schools. They're supposedly like a high tier. And so we sent our top three, our first three children, we sent them to those schools. Now, we're not rich, so we didn't, you know, we couldn't send them to, you know, like a very high privilege school, but we did send them to a, a Catholic school, right? And we sent them to township school, which is above city schools, okay? And, okay, every day there was something. Every day. I had to go up to the school. They try to put my kids on medication. They're all in my business. The school's always calling in my business, trying to tell me how to raise my family. Uh, the kids don't act right. They want to kick them out to school. Um, the kids, and that's just the little, that's just the small part. My kids were really good kids for the most part, you know, and so the, I wouldn't have to go up to the school because all three of my kids knew if I had to go up to the school and it was because you didn't act right, you gonna, you you in trouble. That's just the way it worked. Um, but the main thing that happened in these schools that is the heart that was the hard part to deal with was every day I had to recondition my kids. Hey, don't talk to your mother like that. Hey, do what I say. Hey, you got to go, you know, uh, you got to tell them the real ways of life and stuff. You know, don't disrespect this. Don't disrespect that. Um, hey, what's on your mind? Like, can we talk about it? Every day, me and my wife are reconditioning our kids for that eight to 10 hours if they're away from the house. And you might think, oh, that's just normal. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It ain't normal to have to recondition your kids every day because what some four-year-old told your kid about sex in school <laughs> or what some 15-year-old told your daughter uh, how to disrespect your fa her father. You know, and that stuff is not cool, man. That stuff is not cool, man. You're disrespecting your parents and, and look and then another thing they learn, too, is how stupid parents are. Oh, your mom and dad are stupid. That's another thing. We all parents are stupid and dumb. We don't know nothing. And you know what I used to tell my kids? I was like, man, I don't care who I don't care who you talk to in school. Your teachers, your your friends ain't none of them smarter than me. That's what I tell them. <laughs> I don't care. I, I know I'm not a smarter teacher in the school, but I ain't let them know that. <laughs> I'm like, ain't none of your, ain't none of them, ain't none of your friends smarter than me. And none of your friends been through what I've been through. So that's kind of how we kind of held tough in, in, in trying to recondition our children every day. And man, okay, so that was experiment number one, right? So that was the, okay, so that, that taught us a lot. You know, 
So then our, our young two came along. You know, they was babies, you know, babies. They, they, they're 14 months apart. So Jericho and Solomon are 14 months apart. They're away from the other kids. Like all my other kids are in their 30s. Jericho and Solomon are 19 and 20. Okay. So that's, you could do the math on that. So check it out, man. So we, for the, like, for a long time, me and my wife, we were married. We had these couples trying to get us to homeschool. And I was like, oh, man, homeschooling and homeschooling and homeschooling. Oh, man, oh, man. But I was willing to listen because of what had happened to my other children. You know, I might not be smart, but I'm a fast learner. <laughs> so so the, my wife was already convinced. And so I really kind of wasn't. And then, of course, I had my father who was like of the world for real. Like, how are your kids going to learn how to be with other kids and how are they going to learn how to relate to other kids if you seclude them and all that stuff? And I was kind of believed him a little bit because I was ignorant about homeschooling. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. Because when you grow up, if you grow up in, in the world, you're thinking, well, okay, everybody goes to school. You don't you don't know that when you're a kid that back in the day everybody was homeschooled. Nobody was nobody went to school like before Little House on the Prairie. Remember that show? I mean, hardly kids went to school, but not everybody did. And before that, nobody went to school. Everybody was in uh was school homeschooled by their parents, right? So Jericho, so fine. I we were we went out to dinner, we went over to the house of a family of a of a couple that were about our age, maybe a little younger, a little older, I don't know. And they and they were um they were homeschooling straight out. And she would she was telling my wife, you know how women are, man. See, they already had this plan that they just gonna talk to me. You know how women are. <laughs> they had the plan already planned out. So my wife and the lady had already got the homeschool criteria going on and they got the plan. So we go over there for dinner and it's a have a we have a good time. So the guy takes me for a walk and he says, I heard you thinking about homeschooling your kid. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, but I'm not sure. And I told him all the stuff I just told you. He goes, look, man, here's the thing. Here's the thing that got me to homeschool to, to, to do my homeschool. It's, he said, I don't want my four-year-old going to school and sitting next to somebody that's going to be telling him about sex, telling him about disrespect and all the stuff I said earlier. And he said, man, I just couldn't take it. That would break my heart that my kids would disrespect my wife or disrespect me. And they're learning from, they're learning all this stuff that they should be learning from you. And we all know who've ever been to a school before. We know all the stuff our kids learn before we even ready to talk to them before they even ready to, to really get into it. And then now the this and then so that was back then that was what 20 years ago look at it now man look at these schools now the schools are just like the government they have taken over they don't even tell you what they teach your kid no more you they teach your kid whatever they want because you know what they think they know more than you because you're stupid that's how they think that ain't gonna say it out loud but go to some of these county board meetings and stuff Man, they think they, they 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 say, look, that's those are my kids, and I not teach those kids how I want. That's my school, and we do what we want to do. And if you don't like it, tough, tough luck. That's how they are. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. Is tell me, is your kid at two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen? Are they ready to hear about homosexuality? Are they ready to hear about transgenderism?
Are they ready to learn about sex? Are they really? Are you? Are they really? Come on, man. Y'all know I'm telling the truth, man. You know I'm telling the truth. And so we homeschooled. So we decided we're going to go ahead and homeschool our two kids. And that's what we did. And I'm going to tell you what. As y'all, if you guys have listened to me, you know I'm a very commonsensical type of person. I'm not really intellectual or whatever. I'm more, because you know there are different kinds of people, and I'm more on the common sense. If it doesn't make common sense, I'm not trying to mess with it, right? So first thing, my wife started homeschooling my kids, man. First of all, the kids started talking earlier. They started going to the potty quicker. They started learning. They start. They got potty trained faster. Um, they started walking faster. Um, then after that, when we, we they started learning, they learned the ABCs and stuff like really fast. Man, they started learning really quick. And then, but you know that 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 um that school coursework criteria stuff to me that was like secondary about homeschooling because the kids gonna learn whatever you know. But the thing that impressed me about homeschoolers is how mature they are, is how intellectual they are how smart they are, how they can reason and how they can figure stuff out. You know why? Because they're around their their parents all day. They're around their parents all day. They learn how to act in front of people. Yes, sir. No, sir. They know how to be respectful. And they do respect people. They're just not acting. You know, that is what really was the biggest difference for me is how my kids, how my two younger kids were a uh, where like how they behaved and how um, and how like they were very and how they were they learned from us really quick how to mature faster and so wherever they go it's like people are impressed with that you know um, and so you put that together with the intellectual thing with the um, with the uh, with the school thing and then man you'll see and then another thing too like I had the chance to I molded my children. I molded my children and me and my wife in God's image. See, you don't think about that. Many people don't. If you go to if you go to these um, if you go to public schools, or if you go to even a Catholic school or whatever a Christian school, man, that a religion ain't nearly like it like it used to be. And in the public school, it ain't really it ain't nothing. Man, my boys, we go to adoration together. We go to daily mass together. We go to uh, we pray together. And, I, and I'm saying, man, so they learned about what's going on. Now, what they do after they're grown, that's on them. But they got they have the foundation now, right? And that's what you guys got to understand. You as a man, and the reason I said all that, man, is this. You as a man are so vital to, to your home. Do not believe this stuff you hear out here about we're in that we that men are not needed. That's the devil for real. And so what I'm trying to do today is get you to understand what you can do to combat all of the negativity and stuff that your um, that your kids come across and your wife. And the way you do that, just to keep it real simple, the way you do that is you emulate Christ in the home and you don't just talk about it. You be about it. You set the example. You set the example. You set the example. You set the example. And you do that for a long period of time. Like, like one of the things, like now, you know, I've been going to adoration and for since my kids were born, since my last two were born. So everybody expects me to go to church every day. 
They do. And, and, whether my kids go or not, the point of it is dad goes. Dad goes. So if dad's gone, you need that grace in your home to help keep your home at peace in some kind of structure and, and, and so it's not chaotic. You guys whose homes are that you guys whose home is in chaos right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And usually if that is going on, it's because we as husbands have neglected God. We think men, and I said this before in the last couple of shows a lot, and over time is we think that when things are going good, we did it. When things are going bad, huh, that's somebody else's fault. Like you can blame everybody else. But what the real deal is this. If it's going good, it's because of the grace from God that's helping you do his will. And then you cooperate with his will. If things are going bad, that usually means the husband in the home is not doing his job. Man, listen, I have seen thousands and I have talked to thousands of men. And I'm telling you, that is usually the case. When the home is in chaos or the marriage is going down or the family is going down, it's the number one reason is the husband is not on his game. He's not on his job. He's not going to church. He's not going to he's not he's not trying to have a relationship with God. He's not he's not loving his he's neglecting his wife or he's or the kids. He, he allows his kids to be disrespectful he doesn't discipline them properly. And so everything just gets all that together, just gets out of whack. And so this is why today is, is kind of, is, well, it is a very important show to get you to understand how important you are and how, believe it or not, your wife and your children are always looking at you, no matter how old they are, your kids. Your kids could be 50 years old and they still looking at what dad's doing. I'm telling you, man, it's the truth. Your wife, don't think that your wife ain't looking at you. Your wife is always looking at you. And matter of fact, a lot of times if you look around, you'll catch her looking at you. (laughs) So look, man, look, I'm not trying to get on you because I had to go through the same stuff that I'm trying to explain to you. This is today. This is experience talking. Okay. This is my experience of talking to a whole lot of dudes this is my experience of being the Catholic faith, Christ Church, um, for probably 20 years now. Um, and I'm putting all that together, man, to help you as a man to understand how vitally important you are to the structure of the family, to the structure of society, and the structure of the universe. Don't think that you don't have a place in all of that. And you do. Okay? So that's why it's important for God. Next, why must you as a husband and father be Christ in the home? Because you have to, you re- remember how I, you, you hear me say that your wife is the nurturer and then your wife will lead the kids to you and then you lead everybody to Christ. That's the deal. That's the, that's the unsaid deal, right? And if you're Christ in the home, which means what? You discipline the kids when you're supposed to. You love your wife and love your kids. You don't hold stuff against them. You love them and they know that you love them. Um, and they know it about a hundred percent sure, you know, you do, you uphold to the church, the Catholic church of everything, the 10 commandments, all the natural law stuff, all the serving stuff, everything that Christ is trying to tell you to do in his religion, in, in his, in his world, 
you uphold to that in your home and you be consistent with it. And you, if you fall, you get your butt to confession and you ask for forgiveness and you get right back out there and start that battle again. Okay. That's how you get respect, man. Because I can't tell you of the many guys who they neglected God and then their marriage goes bad, their family goes bad, and then they start going to church, they start going to mass, they start getting the scripture, they start going to adoration and daily mass and praying and the rosary and all this stuff. And you know what the first thing the wife says is, what are you doing that now for? You weren't doing that uh, 10 years ago. You weren't doing that two years ago. You weren't even doing that a month ago. That's the first thing they say. And most dudes can't handle that because we weak. Because we weak. But when your wife, but this is why consistency and persistence is the key in no matter what you do. And all of us know that inherently. If you only went to, if you only went to, you, you got hired to, to work at a job and you only went to that job twice a week and you're supposed to be there Monday through Friday. What's going to happen? They're going to say, hey, man, you got to go because I need somebody here that's going to do our job. And you ain't you here twice a week and I need you five days. Consistency, persistency is everything. Just like with your credit, right? Those of you who deal in credit, right? If your credit, if you pay your bills on time, you have a low debt to whatever ratio and you show over time and consistency. Oh, man, you got a eight, seven, eight, nine hundred credit score, whatever the high thing is. If you miss a couple of bills, you only pay when you want to, you know, you got a high debt ratio and you try to get all this credit. They'd be like, nope, you ain't proving nothing. You ain't responsible. It's the same thing in your home. You know, sure, you're going to get tired in your house. Sure, you're going to get you're going to get down sometimes. Sure, you're going to get depressed. You know, sure, you're going to be overworked. But man, when you fall, the thing about it's like being an alcoholic. If you fall off the wagon, then you get right back on, baby. You get right back on. If we trying to lose weight, that's been a thing my whole life, trying to lose weight. Gain it, lose it, gain it, lose it. One thing you just do is when you fall off, you get right back on. You don't want to be 500 pounds. You know, if you just totally let it go, you're going to be 500 pounds, right? Same in your marriage. If you give up in your home, then it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. It's not going to get better, gentlemen. It will not get better, I promise you. And inherently, you all know that. But we don't want to deal with it because we, from what? the After Vatican II, the late 60s, until now, we all were raised weak. Men were raised weak. And so we have no fight, no thirst for battle anymore. And that is hard on us. We're emasculated. We're effeminate. We don't really know how to deal in this society, man. And the only way to deal in this society and to battle in this society is you got to have God in there, man, to give you the courage and the fight in that warrior spirit. Okay. Next, why must you embrace your authority as the spiritual head, spiritual leader in your home? Because if you don't do, if you don't embrace the, the, the spiritual leadership in your home, Satan will. And your kids ain't going to listen to you. Your kids going to grow up. They're going to be more moral degenerates because when your kids walk outside your house, man, they are attacked every single day. They're attacked by demonically influenced people, which is Satan, right? You guys got to understand what demonically influenced means. There's three ways to be influenced by demons. It's real. Stop thinking it ain't. It's the real deal. First way you're influenced by a demon is what? Possession. So the demon possesses your body 
and kind of you do, you know, you have to wield the demon. Okay. That is very rare. All that levitating stuff like the movie, that's rare. The second form of demonic, uh, demonic influence is uh, obsession. OB as in boy. That means that the demon is allowed by Christ to physically assault you as a, as a human person. That's rare too. Like Padre Pio, he was assaulted by the, by demons. Okay. You can read his story. Just pull it up anywhere on the internet, St. Padre Pio, and he'll go into that. The third way and the most common way that we are influenced by the demonic is we are demonically oppressed. O-P as in Paul. We're demonically oppressed by the demonic. What does that mean? They influence our marriages. They influence our relationship with our kids. They influence our health. They influence our finances. They influence our money. They influence everything about us if we let them. This is why I try to get you to understand the more you have God in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. The more God is on your mind, the more the demons leave you alone. That's why you hear Catholics talk about all the time about fasting. When you fast, demons leave you alone. You know why? Because you're offering that suffering up for Christ and you're being as Christ. Don't get it twisted. Catholics started fasting. All this intermittent fasting stuff, man, that stuff ain't that stuff ain't about nothing. It's, it works. It's good. I'm just saying. But man, the church started that. The church started fasting. Why? To grow closer to God. All right. So that's why it's important for you to be the spiritual leader in your home, so that your wife has trust in you. She can she um she can become devoted to you. She respects you. She knows you love her. And then she can trust you to do what you have to do to lead them towards God. Again, as you heard me say yesterday, man, if you aren't leading your family, if you and your wife aren't leading your family towards God, towards the eternity, towards a holy, the Holy Spirit, towards our Lord Jesus Christ, what are you here for? What are you here for? Really? What are you here for? If if you're not if you and your wife aren't leading your your family towards God, what are you here for? What is your purpose? Like what is like what are you born for? Like you we just gonna go on vacation? We're gonna go play golf all the time, have sex all the time. You know we're gonna do all this kind of stuff. We're gonna go to work all the time. What are you doing all that stuff for? What are you trying to build a relationship with your wife for? We're trying to build a relationship with your chi- your kids for. You've got to understand why we are here, and we are here to know him, love him, and serve him. That's God. Why? Because God created us, and he wants us to be in the beatific vision with him when we die, when our soul, when our bodies are no longer functional. The, the only reason that human beings are here is so that, we, that our souls become pure and we go before Christ in the beatific vision at the end of our life, because God created us so that we could be with him because he wanted to share his being with us, his goodness with us. So if as a husband and wife, a mother and father, a man and woman, we are not leading our family to God, where are we leading them to? If we, if, 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 if people, if, if you're a person that thinks that when we die, we just go into oblivion, we just float around above our houses and stuff, man, that's the devil, dude. That's the devil. Okay, 
So that's why it's important that you as a man lead your home. Okay. That's why it's important that you spiritually get your act together because your wife does what you do. Your kids do what you do. That's the power of a husband. Uh, that's the power of a man. That's the power of a father. But they don't teach us that in school these days, do they? You you don't even hardly go to you don't even go to church and get that. You really don't. And it's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame that priests and pastors get up there every Sunday and don't try to get men to stand up and do their dang job. They don't. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't. My wife would say it's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's a conspiracy, baby. It's a conspiracy. They don't want us to, they don't want y'all to leave. They want us all to be divorced. They want us all, all our kids to be morally degenerate. <laughs> She, that's what she be saying, man. That's what she says, dude. So anyway, so real quick, this ain't going to be quick. Before I break, we're going to get into something that's very good. So I've been talking a lot of general stuff, right? So now, Jack, I'm going to get into the specifics. The specifics. Now, it's this article that I came across like seven, eight years ago. And I don't even know how long it was there before I came across it. But it's called The Fatherless, the fatherless Home statistics and it's at uh the fatherless generation.wordpress.com slash statistics i'm gonna say it again it's at the fatherless generation.wordpress.com slash statistics and what it is y'all is it's all these statistics that they came up with when there's a father there's no father no daddies around when there's no daddies around so I only did like 10. The reason I'm giving you the link is because there's a whole lot more of them. And it, it proves how important you are. I talked to a young cat yesterday, man. The dude could talk. He had to get the gas, and I told him. He's got so much chaos in his life. He's 30 years old, man. His, girl, his wife is 29. Man, I have never seen so much chaos in a young person's life in my life. And they just got so much going on, man. That's because the man, the boy, well, he's, I'm not going to call him a boy, but the young man, the young man was just, he, he just didn't have it when he was raised. He just didn't have it in him. Nobody taught him anything. So when he got older and got married, he's just like going by the seat of his pants, right? And so this is what I'm trying to get you guys to see that I'm just not talking. So let's talk a little bit about it. It's called the fatherless home statistics. Will this be your legacy? So there's 10 of them that I bought up that I thought were important. But like I said, there are other ones that you can go to that you could like, you know, you can go to that article at the fatherless generation slash statistics. And you'll see like all of them, man, it's mostly to do with Catholics. But I'm gonna tell you this: another thing that that you Baptists and people ain't Catholic, you don't understand is there's a billion Catholics. It's Christ Church, and here's the deal: if they attacking the big boy, which is us, what do you think is gonna happen to you? It always falls down. It always falls down. And this is why I try to get everybody to understand: you gotta be a Christian soldier, man. You've got to understand how important you are, and you got to let the Holy Spirit lead you to where you're supposed to go and don't fight it, okay? So real quick, so what do I got? Uh, um, and so the other thing is this. So please, so 
what I will say is if it's happened to Catholics, just like if, and if it's happened to blacks, it's going to happen to everybody else. This is another thing I say. Remember back in the day in the 60s, they started flooding the, they started flooding the black neighborhoods with, with, uh, with drugs and stuff. Man, used to be mad black neighborhoods were just like white neighborhoods. It was just segregated. But you have rich black people, you got poor black people, you have middle class black people, and mad, but but people were good. They were good people. They went to they went to church every Sunday. They they um they loved their wife, they loved their children. The wife was the mother, the mother of the home. Everybody, most of the most part, did their role, and people strived to be good citizens and good and good Christians. Even if they were atheists, people just were good. And, and that's where the black people were too. Then guess what? All of a sudden, the, the black neighborhood gets, gets infiltrated with, um, with drugs and stuff. Now, look, I am not a victimizer. So just because you grew up a certain way, well, you have to be a grown ass man. Ain't no more excuses. I want to hear about, well, my mother was a drug addict and my daddy was an alcoholic and my mom abused me. I don't want to hear all that. You 50 years old, you still blaming your mom and daddy? Come on, man, you got to grow up. The reason I'm saying this right here, though, is the reason I'm saying this right here, though, is so that you guys can understand where I'm going. Whatever happens to the least of us happens to the, the so-called best of us. So the reason I say this is because what? White folks they own the country. It's more white folks than anybody. It's their, it's their country. They started it, right? Okay, so let's get over it. So, but what I'm saying is all the immigrants like the Mexicans and the uh, and the blacks and the, uh, the, the, the Asians and all of them, you know, we're immigrants. Like, we came, you know, this ain't our country, right? It is now, but it wasn't, you know, back in the day. Okay. So the reason I'm saying that is, you know, people think that, well, we're going to inf infiltrate the black community with drugs and stuff but what they forgot to realize, just like with abortion, you infiltrate the black community like it ain't gonna like it's just gonna stay in New York and Harlem, right? I mean, that's so ignorant to think that. Because black folks, whatever you want to say about black folks, we have a lot of influence. We have a lot of influence in, in the communities and stuff. Like we we really black folks, if you think about it, really influence the American society a lot. If you just think about it, I'm not saying it's good or it's bad, it just is what it is. And so people back then, they had, you know, black folks were, you know, we're good citizens. We're good Christians and stuff. Now look at our neighborhoods and stuff. Now look at it. Look at, same with the board, you know, drugs is everywhere, ain't it? Mexicans on the drugs, Asians on drugs, white folks, they, they, they on drugs, they kids on drugs, taking meth and stuff. Man, it always happens. Just like abortion. People thought, oh, only poor people, only poor people get abortions. Man, that's the biggest lie ever. Man, everybody gets abortions. Everybody kills a kid. The rich, the poor, the, the, the middle class, we all do it. Because evil does not stop until a man stops it. That's the way it rolls, man. That's the way it rolls, baby. Evil does not stop until we stop it. When I say we, I mean men. That's the deal. Okay, that's why God is allowing Satan to keep going through our country like it is until we stand up and do something. Boom. That's why in your family, if you don't stand up and be a real man, the pain's going to get worse and ain't going to get better until you man up and love your wife right. Till you man up and discipline your kids right. They just going to keep getting unruly on you. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Okay, so number one. So these are statistics of when the father is not in the home.
So number one, children with involved loving fathers are significantly more likely to do well in school, have healthy self-esteem, exhibit empathy and pro-social behavior, and avoid high-risk behaviors such as drug use, truancy, and criminal activity compared to children who have uninvolved fathers. Bam, right off the bat, right off the bat, baby, right off the bat. We all know that statement's true. We all know that statement's true, okay? Number two, 24 million children, 34% live absent their biological father. The same stat for black children is more dramatic, okay? So this is an old article, so you know it ain't, you know it's way more than 24 million now, <laughs> okay? Number three, 72% of black children live absent their father. Remember, what happens to the least of us happens to the rest of us. Number four, nearly 20 million children, 27%, live in single-parent homes. Okay? 43, I'm at number five, 43% of first marriages dissolve within 15 years. About 60% of divorced couples have children and approximately 1 million children each year experience the divorce of their parents. Can you imagine that? Think about it. One million divorces a year. And I know it's more than that now. Man, that's deep, dog. Number six, fathers who live with their children are more likely to have a close, enduring relationship with their children than those who do not. Number seven, compared to children born within marriage, children born to cohabitating parents are three times as likely to experience father absence and children born to unmarried, non-cohabitating parents are four times as likely to live in a father-absent home. So God knows what he's talking about. If you are a mother and a, a, a man or woman and you cohabitate, you know, and doing all that kind of stuff like that, your kids are going to have not have their daddy around. And then if the father's not around, it's going to be bad. Okay. Number eight, about 40% of children in father-absent homes have not seen their father at all during the past year. 26% of absent fathers live in a different state than their children. And 50% of children living absent their father have never set foot in their father's home. Wow. Wow. Number nine. Children who live absent their biological fathers are on average at least two to three times more likely to be poor, to use drugs, to experience educational, health, and emotional and behavioral problems, to be victims of child abuse, and to engage in criminal behavior than their peers who live with their married, biological, or adoptive parents. Man, is that the bomb or what? Is that the bomb or what, man? told you. I told you you was important. I told you you was. See, so you didn't believe me, did you? You didn't believe me. <laughs> Number 10. Oh, I got a caller. Sweet. Let me finish this caller. My last one, we're going to go on a break and then I'll bring you right in. Then, so number 10. Studies on parent-child relationships and child well-being show that father love is an important factor in predicting the social, emotional, and cognitive development and functioning of children and young adults. Man, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Remember how I went through the divorce, the uh, the, uh, the divorce uh, 
the divorce shows last week, and we talked about that, man. Like, man, divorce, kids don't get old divorce, having you know, acting out in school and all that kind of stuff. Kids are begging for attention and we don't give it to them. And when their father's not around, then the mother can't do her job properly because it takes two to raise a family, doesn't it? Three, really, if you when you include God. Okay. So that's just my little the statistics I pulled out. If you want to get more into this, go to again the fatherless generation thefatherlessgeneration.wordpress.com slash statistics. And we will be right back to get into our, with our caller. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. All right, all right. We are back. We're going to bring in our caller here real quick. If I can get him on. And let me see. Hit uh, talk. And I hope my technology is working. Hello? Hello? Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, it's your brother from another mother. <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> hey, I've got some really good news. Sweet. I was talking to a fellow Catholic Alpha um, program member. I won't mention his name, Larry. Um, he, he and I were talking. I've actually just revealed that um, in Kentucky, the Kentucky Revised Statute says all factors should be considered before a judge shall grant a divorce. Okay. Yeah. That means she can't do some and partial of it. But the reason why I share this is we're going to relate to what you just got off the phone talking about. I think it was number eight or number nine and how divorce has an effect on the children and so forth. Bailey's mom, which is my daughter's mother. She dropped out of high school. Her parents got divorced in 1993. She was 11 years old. She also is on welfare and has been on disability through the government, doesn't have any other formal education other than that. And she constantly uses the system illegally and unethically to try to pander by emotional means to do that. So what you're talking about, I was um, reading up on this for my own particular um, marriage case. In 1867, I think it was, the divorce rate was at 0.03%, which is three-tenths of 1%. Wow. Of 
one-tenth of one percent. By, I think it was 1890, it went to 0.1%. By 1920, it was 1% of families divorced. By 1980, the 80s, divorces were at 50%. You know what the direct correlation is? And this is going to be horrible to share for any of the female listeners. Contraception. It's the liberation movement. Yeah, liberation. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so as a president in 2021, marriages now are at 30% divorce rate. So the correlation of the drop-off is this. They rose to a high in the 80s of 50, and it's dropped to 30. Guess what's taken away the ability to have divorces being evaluated? Children being born out of wedlock from parents that were divorcing in the 80s. So parents that were divorcing in the 80s and the 90s have children like yourself and myself, okay, that have experienced that. So we're almost predisposed to that. But the studies from the vital statistics just in 2009 with my daughter, 41% of the children born in America out of the 4.155 million people, children born in America in 2009, 41% of them were born out of wedlock. That's why the divorce rate went down because the people that are married are staying married. The people that are having families now, that's why there's so many kids being born out of wedlock without getting married. They're afraid of getting married because of the divorce rates. Yeah. Because they're raising homes where the parents divorced. So mm-hmm. Bailey's mom getting divorced, parents getting divorced in 1993. She's had three civil divorces that I know of before she was age 30. And I'm just the, I'm the stupid chunk that stuck my candlestick in the wrong candlestick holder while she was going through her second divorce. I didn't know it at the time. So that's just, that's the punishment you get for sticking your candlestick in the wrong candlestick holder. But the stats that you're given also motivates me within Kentucky. They have a statute that as big of a mouth as you have. And I have the divorce can't grant the, I mean, the judge can't grant a divorce because it's unconstitutional and she's actually doing things that border on being racketeering. It's a scheme to defraud the public because within the Jefferson County website, there's nothing mentioned that the reconciliation process is available. The, Kentucky General Assembly states the line item two that if the de- marriage is denied, it's irretrievably broken. They have to review all the fact relevant factors, not some, all of them. Guess who has all the factors? I can talk to the the earth turns and then some. So I can go on for 25, 30 years fighting the courts to save the marriage and she can't do anything about it because I can always bring up another um, prospect of why this becomes a relevant factor. She can't shut me down. Wow. And that's what I'm saying is because you can't, you know how they, uh, they have the court separates church and state. Which is unconstitutional, but go ahead. Well, no, it is constitutional. You said, would you say I must have misheard you? Would you say? I said the church separates. I mean, the constitution, I, I said it backwards. The constitution allows the separation of church and state. The state, the federal guidelines is you can't put um, burdens on, on someone to do something against their religious liberties. Well, since we're Catholic, watch what happens. When a judge takes an oath, they take an oath. At the end of the oath, they say, so help me God. When a lawyer takes an oath, the lawyer takes an oath that says, so help me God. When a soldier takes an oath, not airmen, because I don't think airmen count as soldiers. Am I correct? Yeah, same thing, basically. Yep. You took an oath, and at the end of that, you had to say, so help me God. That's right. By the, the local states, given the authority to the Roman Catholic Church, 
to perform the civil ceremony, what they're saying is what you perform in your civil ceremony is now a binding agent. They cannot ask a person to get a divorce and it's unconstitutional within the actual state for one reason. If you get married in the Catholic church, the church already says within the vows for better, or for worse. So anything that the wife doesn't like or the husband doesn't like is not grounds for divorce because the marital vows is the oath that you take before the priest renders that you are now a married couple. That's the power that the state gives the church to marry people. Once this certificate goes forward to the state and gets entered into the court records as being a married couple, the state can't dictate to the Catholic church unless they abolish the law that says the Catholic church cannot no longer marry um, people. And they have to mm -hmm. abolish the law that, the second portion that denies the marriage is irretrievably broken. Now, in the state of New Mexico, in the um, case of one particular person I already mentioned, it says the word may. So you have to look up the word may, but then you have to just go back to your Catholic faith. And if his wife and him took the marital vows and it said for better or for worse, and he said, I do, he's given an oath in front of God in the church. And that's the separation of church and state that protects all marriages. So lawyers don't want to tell you that. So if you go in any state, they'll say it's a no-fault state. That's a lie. That's false and misleading advertising by the lawyer in itself because it's a lie of omission because they're not admitting that each and every state has the right to protect the civil immunities from the church. So the disparaging comments that I'm being sanctioned for, the sheer fact that the judge is accepting a civil case is disparagement against the Catholic Church and me in particular as a devout Mormon Catholic. Okay. So I thought I'd share that with you because even what you're talking about is the whole reason what's affecting my particular case is my wife's mom and dad divorced when she was eight years old. That's the adverse effect that it's had on our relationship because it's it's kind of conditioned. It's the exact thing that you talk on the call in and just thank you for your time. Oh, thanks, man. Great, great point. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Yeah, sure. Man, come on. All right, all right. So, with being said, that was our caller. Um, and so it goes, uh, kind of like goes on what we're what we've, we've, what we've been saying today about how important we are. Um, and a lot of one of the things that he was saying is about that they're giving false advertisements advertisement about when it comes to divorce the reason why is because it's a, the lawyers make a lot of money on divorce the divorce lawyers do and hey it's a business they know it you know the judges know it everybody knows it so hey i'm not against that um but what i am is like don't make me a cookie cutter like i want to save my marriage and i come into i come into the court and everybody's just trying to shuffle me through like i'm a sucker which, huh, if you're in divorce court, you kind of are a sucker. You kind of are. Um, and so, because you're allowing the government in your life. And once big daddy government gets in your life, man, like I was talking about the homeschool thing about your kids going to public schools, going to schools outside, you know, public schools and stuff. You kind of lose, they just start taking over. This is why if you are married woman and a married man, solve your problems on your own and stop involving everybody in your business. You know, 
Because when you do that, man, all you do is alienate yourselves and your family and you don't even realize it. So with that being said, we are going to finish up. This is part one. So I guess I'm going to do a part two to get to the 18 um, things uh, that we need to do to uh, lead our families. And so I think we had a good warm up for today. Um, and I think you guys, you know, over the weekend, man, think about, you know, think about what's going on in your marriage, man, and how you can start doing a little bit more to, to come up and to lead them and don't do it offensively, do it to where, you know, you do what you have to do for your family because you love them and you love God and you want things to work out. Um, believe it or not, the way you talk to your parent, your, um, your, your wife, the way you talk to your children, it makes a big difference. If they know you're doing it, if they think you're doing it because you're selfish, they're not going to listen to you. Okay, but if they think you're doing it because you're doing it for the for the good of, of God and the family, at first, of course, they're going to rebel. Why? Because nobody likes change. But if you keep going forward, going forward, and going forward, eventually your wife has to succumb. Like he's just not doing this because he's just trying to impress me or trying to get me back. He's really doing this because he's a changed man. And so, with that being said, we will go to our conclusion. And what we'll do is do our quote like we always do from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast. Pray and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!